Right, just before we start the podcast, I want to remind you tonight we are hosting a live web event. It is at 5.30 this evening, UK time, and it is called How to Sell at Higher Prices Than Your Competitors. If you want to get on there, all you've got to do is go to growyourbusinessfast.co.uk forward slash free hyphen training. In the meantime, listen to what we have to say in the next half an hour to 45 minutes, and don't let your kids listen to it because there's lots of swearing. All right, see you later. Ta-da. Greetings, Evil Boy Genius here, and welcome to another episode of the Off The Tools Collective podcast, the podcast of smart subcontractors sick of being ridden ragged by douchebag penny-pinching clients. Bottom line is this, if you're selling shit to the domestic market, fitting bedrooms, bathrooms or kitchens, or balls deep in extensions and renovations, and you want to attract the best clients on demand, sell to them way above market rates, and have it all happen hands-off on an autopilot so you ain't stuck to your phone like a cold-calling cockwomble, then put your feet up, pin your ears back and pay attention for the next few minutes and then take action because this shit will not do itself. Take it away boys. I tell you what, why don't you tell people how they can avoid being ripped off by scummy non-paying clients? Oh, okay, I'll do that instead then. Well, the yeah, easiest thing, I mean, never mind all this stuff about you. If you position yourself and price yourself, and the two go hand in hand, if you're getting the right kind of clients and you have the right kind of image, you're not going to get this very often at all. We've had a couple of people in foundations say they, they encounter people um, who say, almost, we're doing you a favour by letting you do the work for us and we'll maybe pay you afterwards. Like, fuck with you. The easiest way to do it is to take payment at the point. Have it a rule. It's a fate to come play. There's no... You know, it's, maybe it's even on your fucking website. It's in your similar conditions. You take a, a payment up front, 100% if you can, or at least at least enough to cover your expenses. So if they if they Welsh on the debt, if they renege on the debt, you're not out of pocket either for materials or labour. So you maybe you leave your profit to go, or, or as, as close to it as you possibly fucking can. Now, mm. someone like me as, as a freelancer, it's dead easy. I used to take for new clients 100% payment up front. That's it. Don't like it. We don't do it. It's as simple as that. If it's a, an established client, then it's 50% and then 50% on completion. One or two, I mean, the clients I'm working with now is on a retainer. A couple of times he's been late with that, not because of his own problems, but because of, of just fucking the banking stuff. That's fine. We have a long-standing relationship going back 10 years. In business terms, it's a bad, it's bad practice. In real terms, it's perfectly safe. And I know the guy well enough to know that's not a problem. His reputation is worth more than any of that. But for everyone else, and for most people, indeed, including me, I was doing freelance work, 100% up front for a new client, no question. If they're not prepared to do that, I ain't doing the work. Well, I don't give a shit. Now, I do know people in construction, or certainly in the manual trades, or the traditional trades, or well, tradesmen who are doing this. There's one guy who fixes machines in factories. So, you know, imagine you've got some kind of industrial machine that makes fucking knitting needles or something. And the machine goes down, you call this bike out and fix it. And now he's, he said, he started doing it. He said, okay, great. Here's what it's going to cost you. Transfer the money by a bax. Soon as it's there, I'll come out. Not a fucking murmur. People do it. Now, I do realize if you're getting a builder to build a house, you might not want to pay the entire amount up front because it's a fucking house and you might run away with your money. Fine. But there's always a happy medium. You can always take something. And if they won't, you don't do business with them. Now, if you're, if you're working B to C, so you're in the domestic market. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever on this or any other fucking planet for you not to get a deposit, a substantial deposit to show their earnest about having the work done and buying for it. There's, there's none. How can they possibly, how can they possibly refuse to? What justification they can give? They might say, you might run away with the money, but then you say, yeah, but you might run away with our work. You might not pay us 50-50. We'll come to a way you can ameliorate that situation in a minute. But take a deposit. 
100% if possible, or at least enough to cover your expenses or as close to it as you possibly can. How difficult is that? Yeah, not hard at all. And also, if your clients are worried that you're going to run away with their money, you probably haven't positioned yourself very well at all because you are exactly. the company with the, the reputation on the line. Exactly. And you yeah. should I mean, be well trusted. Nobody in their right mind who has done any kind of study of me or has followed me in any way, shape, or form for more than five minutes would imagine for a moment I would rip them off because they, they could ask anyone. They could even ask the people who hate me the most. Not one of them would ever say, yeah, you've ripped me off because they can't. I just don't. On the contrary, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say generous isn't perhaps the word, isn't quite, isn't perhaps the right word. Um, You're over eager to spend money. The amount of times I have to just go slow down, John. <laughs> but it's not just that. If, if, if people come to me saying they wanted a refund on something, I'm more likely to say yes than no, even if they're not yeah. entitled to it by the letter of what we agreed, because I just don't need the hassle. I don't care about the money that much. Mm. And it's not even about, oh, I'd rather have a happy customer than a, than a dissatisfied customer. It's not that at all. It's just that I just can't be fucking bothered. And there's no ego in it. I mean, we had a conversation the other day about one of our guys, not a client, but someone owes him money and he was going to pursue him to the ends of the earth until I asked him, well, you know, let me ask you, is this an ego thing here? And he admitted, yeah, it's probably 50 or 60% ego here. Well, your ego is a fucking dangerous thing. And the weaker it is, the bigger it is, ironically. Yeah. But it's a little yeah. bit like a, a muscle. If your muscle is big, like not contracted, it's flabby, it's weak. But if you contract the muscle and it's tight, it's harder and it's tougher give an analogy so pull your ego in guys and girls it's really not like your ego really is a reflection of your concern about what others think about you think about that because you know you think I, I don't want that guy getting one over on me running away with my money why do you care what he thinks he's got your money <laughs> i just see it's paying someone to fuck off yeah yeah and, and if nothing fuck else off. look upon it as, a, as an investment in your marketing because you've learned to do something better you know you've learned not to do work without a fucking deposit <laughs> That was worth learning. Yeah. So, you know, now people often say, well, why is it dumb to, not to take a deposit? What, what's wrong with it? Because you're going to get paid and you can have a contract in place. Well, that's all well and good. But, you know, you can have a contract in place and they can they can break that. You know, they can um, breach the contract and not pay you. You can take them to court and you can win. And if they still don't pay you, you're going to take them back to court. And then if you, if you, if you get the bailiffs in and the rest of it, they might declare bankruptcy. In which case, you get pennies on the pound or nothing. Because, you know, the revenue gets, I believe the revenue gets the first dibs of anything and then the rest of the creditors and the banks and things. So you're right at the bottom of the pile as a, as a supplier. So you might get only pennies on the dollar. You might get nothing at all. And you've lost all that fucking time. But the biggest thing is, is this. If you don't take a deposit up front, you are acting as a bank. You are extending a line of credit to... Yeah your client you are working you're basically giving them an unsecured loan it's an unsecured loan with no due diligence at all not even a form to fill in no check of their assets no form of due diligence at all you are in fact you are working for free on the basis of a promise to pay you later think about that for a minute and how dumb that is you are working for free extending a line of credit you're acting like a bank you have no due diligence not even gotten to fill in a form and you're working for free on the promise of maybe being paid later if they're happy with your work. Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they, they then evaluate it and yeah. hold your money hostage. Endless uh, re-evaluations, revisions even, not re-evaluations. That happens far too often in the world of construction, especially with these people that deal with uh, back-to-property people, property developers, property uh, developers. Found. Hey, you found your pen. Where was it's, it? Under it's, your feet. It's, it's stuck in the arm of the chair. It hasn't hit the floor. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> 
yeah. It, ha- it happens far too often, especially with property developers who are often large, large expenditures all over the place and they're, they're waiting for the bank loan to come in from the remortgage or whatever. And they're just praying and hoping that it's going to come in in time to pay your fucking invoice. So a lot of people get you to work when they don't even have the fucking money. Yeah. They're hoping it's going to come from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, let's, let's be honest about this. Most of these people are probably not in the, some will be, and maybe more than I would think, because I'm actually, my autism makes me quite a trusting person because I have no way of, of judging them otherwise. I, I, I'm not a good judge of character. So I tend to be trusting. The other way to go would be to, would be to de- distrust everybody. And I think that's a miserable way to live. So I'd rather be trust, trust people and then just maybe get let down. It's not a big deal rather than the other way around. So, most of these people probably don't mean to cheat you at all. But when it comes to it, they don't feel that bad about it either. And think of the criteria you're basing acceptance on. Because you're saying if you're not completely happy with the work. Well, what does that even mean? Mm. No, there's no objective measure there. You know, yeah. If you're going to do this, at least have a fucking contract that says this, the work will be done to within the standards. And obviously all these things have got standards to within regulations. And you accept those regulations as being the metric we'll measure by. But because people are, are so in, insistent on getting the money in, that's what they're focused on. They'll breach all kinds of common sense rules just to get the contract. I mean, Anthony, our, the QS we work with, my mate, Anthony Manson, he sees this all the time. Sub is desperate for the work, glossing over and ignoring huge swathes of big, fucking involved contracts with retentions and penalties just thinking all right it's all right it doesn't matter remind me right when i got divorced the first time it's going back 30 years or more now I you said you was too trusting and my ex my ex in kind of the, the back and forth right at the last minute her sister says just almost tried to slip it in the paper of 5p a year spousal maintenance and i said what's all that about oh it's only 5p it doesn't matter so i said if it's only 5p and it doesn't matter why do you want it and i knew what the answer was it it means once the divorce goes through, maintenance can be increased, but only if it already if it's already there. So the 5p could be increased to any amount, but it cannot be added later if it's not in in the beginning. I did and not I just know said, that. I said, this is just a cynical attempt to have leverage further down the line. You're not going to have it. No, no. If, wow. if you insist on that, we start right from the beginning again. Wow. So, yeah, that's what it wow. was. It, wow. He thought either I was stupid or my own solicitor was stupid, but I just said, no fucking wow. I was only five wow. p. Yeah. Well, the, I said, the, the, only five p. Why do you want it? And the, I said, just I know why. You to court straight away and uh, get uh, this. This loser's only paying me five p a year, and the judge would immediately order more. Wow. Well, possibly not immediately wow. because it's just been done. But certainly down the line, you get a pay increase. Maybe your parents die and you make money. Or you become successful in life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just said Jesus. no. You know, if, that, if you're going to insist on this, we go right back to square one with the negotiation, and then they soon drop that fucker. But it's a little bit like that, isn't it? You know, if these I'm, things I'm, don't I'm matter in the contract, if these things don't matter in the contract, like retentions and penalties, why have them in? They obviously do matter because you've insisting on putting them in there. So let's discuss this. Let's let's fucking iron this out. But now people get, oh no, got to get the work in. It'll be okay. He's a really nice bloke. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know he's a really fucking nice bloke. But Everyone's when it comes nice to him losing his house and you losing yours, we all know which way it's going to go. And let's be fair, we'd all do that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah? If it's him or me, it's always going to be him. Yeah, yeah. In situations like that, at least. I'm in awe, John, that fucking people try shit like that in divorce law. That's stumped me. I don't know why. It's 30 years ago, as I say. That's just fucking easy. I I must admit, I I did, I mean, even at the time, I'm I'm no lawyer, never have been, but I did wonder, does he really think my own solicitor's going to fall for this? Even I know it's a fucking scam. Surely, what's he thinking? He must think we are fucking collectively stupid or something. Oh, probably thought your brain was in proportion to the size of your body. (laughs) Do you want to punch in the face next time I see you? 
Uh, mate, it's going to be sooner rather than later. June 21st. <laughs> yeah, so they say. I don't know. I'm going to speak to Dev, my doctor friend, about this. I'm not sure how how um, realistic that's going. But it, it does kind of does leave you wondering: Are we going to perhaps be able to do a live event sooner? I think so. I don't want to. I don't want to get into the politics of it. But my my and perhaps this is me being naive and hopeful. But my and I predicted that we'd be coming out of lockdown sooner rather than later there's there's elections and shit coming up there's uh, boris needs to save face and i do not think unless there is an utter catastrophic wave and people are seriously 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 ill even more so than before and even worse than before i don't think he'll put us back into lockdown because he'd be a laughing stock it'd be an embarrassment yeah, the thing is, if you get a, a new variant that comes along that's uh, both infectious and virulent and also resistant to the vaccine, back to square one. I completely mm-hmm. agree, John. I just think these this is this has become far too political. Yeah. Interesting. It's far too political. I, I just can't see us not following this plan. I, ju- I just can't see us not doing it because anything other than that is political suicide. We'll have to wait and see it. Just I'm just now I'm thinking, you see, because I won't get my vaccine probably till late August at the earliest, which means me travelling to the UK might be problematic. I don't know. We'll wait and see. Such is the stoic way. We'll wait and see. And also, yeah. we said we'd be happy if we could even just throw an event in, in October. Yeah, absolutely. We, we said we'd be happy enough with that. So yeah, yeah. It's just that we do. What, I mean, I do want to do these these live events because they are fucking great fun, aren't they? It's good fun. And if we do one in October, we can line it up with my birthday. When's your birthday? October 9th. So we could do the big two four, couldn't we? Was it the big two five? Big two five. Big two five. <laughs> Let me share my wisdom in life with my twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that one, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'd fucking bet I'm far wiser and more sensible than most fucking adults you I mean, are. They're, they're, are. All, they're, they're all fucking idiots as far as i'm concerned but of course it's only we're, we're on the, the hump over the hump now for the big six oh for me only yeah, four years big, big five oh was fucking spectacular i tell you what for the big six oh because that's a big one we should make that a 10 grand retreat five places no more application no, want, fuck off what more we want dancing girls and all sorts no five clients oh okay in which case, yeah. can't, we just go, can't we just go with the dancing girls and fuck the clients? Oh, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is... Oh, better grand, still. No, the better 50 still. grand, we take no profit, John. We just spend the whole 50 grand on the whole experience. Better still. Days. 10 grand for each client, and we only accept really hot chicks. <laughs> and they have to shag us. That'd fucking work, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's extortion and technically rape, I believe. That's not extortion at all. That's not, it's not even rape. They're consenting to it. Actually, no, it's just prostituting ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. And I think I'd make a damn good fucking prostitute. <laughs> you can just imagine me down Felix Day docks in a miniskirt and me high heels, can't you? Fucking... You'd make a w- wonderful little fuck toy. Yeah, I was thinking I was on a, on a stormy, foggy night, some fucking docker comes out of a pub really pissed. You wouldn't know the difference, would he? <laughs> Pull my teeth out with his beard, like the real thing. <laughs> well, you're the perfect type. <laughs> there was a study exactly. that came out. And you're 5'6"? Five, 5'5". Five, five. Five, five. Five, five was voted the perfect type for a female. There you go, you see. Well, you got the bald head, so a wig, easy to get on. Yeah. Yes. You got your nipples. Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm Julieta. You, you, you got the blue eyes. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I got the pecs. Yeah. Just say they're really small implants. <laughs> That's why they're so firm. <laughs> yeah. I'm Johnetta. But yeah, mate. I'll do big anything so. <laughs> big, big six so. Big event fucking small exclusive take no profit from it and just have a fucking epic 10 
days, two weeks. Weeks. <laughs> yeah, just imagine the funeral afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> let's, let's not go ahead of it. I'm not going to be here when I'm 60. I might be dead before. Uh, so, so, John, how do you ensure that you get paid the full amount every time? Every single time. Fucking foolproof this. The first is, we've already kind of talked about it. Let's hammer the point home since we're talking to prostitutes. Let's really fucking hit it hard and hammer it home. Make sure you take 100% payment up. Okay, not everyone's going to be able to do that. I get that. But if you can't, then there's another way around it. But when you can, do it. So freelancers of all descriptions can take a payment 100% up front. And the thing is, people are used to doing it. You buy anything online, you pay up front, whether it's a product or a service, pretty much. Mm-hmm. The only time you don't is if there's a human interaction part of it. Anything you buy online, pretty much you pay up front. I mean, there are exceptions. You buy things in installments. Yeah, fine. But, you know, you buy downloadable products and things like that. It's nearly always, it's certainly definitely not unusual to pay all up front and you have the no. money back guarantee. So if you just that trust, you know, the, the precedent is set. So that's one way. This, the other way is you can use what's called an escrow service. Now, not everyone's going to be familiar with that. So if I explain what it is and you already know, don't think I'm patronizing you because I'm not. All right. But some people just don't know what an escrow service is. An escrow service is a third party, trusted third party, where you've got client and the and the buyer. Sorry, they got you've got the seller and you've got the buyer. Okay. The buyer gives the money into the escrow service and they put it in a little bank account. The, the, the seller delivers the goods, performs the service or whatever. And when, when that's done, the escrow service releases the money to the seller. I've used it myself, escrow.com. I sold a website domain for several tens of thousands of pounds. I bought it 20, 18 years before for you know, 13 quid or whatever it was in those days um, and sold it for several tens of thousands of pounds using escrow.com. And it works flawlessly, okay? You, you obviously have acceptance criteria, but they pay the money into, into this bank account, if you like, and then they get the money out. Now, you could use a solicitor to do that, I guess, but an escrow service is best because they're underwritten. Now, the beauty of that is, one, you don't get cheated. The buyer doesn't get cheated, nor does the seller. Obviously, you need acceptance criteria. But the other thing is this. It also vets the integrity of both your seller and your buyer. From a seller's point of view, which I'm more interested in because we are sellers and we are t- teaching guys in the trades to be sellers, sellers of the products and services. Okay, as far as you're concerned, it, it shows you are trustworthy because you are prepared to, to do that. You're not, you can't run off with the money, okay? And you're trusting them in the sense that you'll trust them to accept the acceptance criteria. There will be ways to, to resolve disputes. But like I said before, the acceptance criteria must be very clear. You can't just say, oh, we're happy. You would need explicit criteria. That's just a detail. From the buyer's point of view, it means... Well, from the seller's point of view, it shows the buyer has integrity too. Because here's the thing. The buyer is going to have, say you're doing a job for a 10K bathroom. That 10K, the, the buyer is saying, yeah, you did it for me a bathroom, I'm going to give you the 10K. If they haven't got the 10K, or they have no intention of paying the 10K, yeah, they won't pay it into escrow. One, because they can't, or two, they don't want to. But if they won't, if they say, well, no, I don't want to do it that way, there's no good reason for them not doing it that way. Mm-hmm. The only reason I can think of for them not to use an escrow service or to decline to use an escrow service, point blank, is they've already decided they're going to cheat you. No honest person would refuse to use an escrow service. Not after they've had it explained to them. No, no, this, no absolutely right. Once they understand it and they understand it's it's irrevoc- irrevocable, it's trusted, it's guaranteed, just like your bank's guaranteed, et cetera, et cetera. You know? And you could probably perform something similar to an escrow service by having a joint, you could set up a joint bank account 
in the, the name of the buyer and the seller, and it requires both signature to release the funds because then it would perform a similar thing. An escrow service will be quicker and easier, but a bank a bank account similar to that, maybe administered by a solicitor, would, would also do the job. Yeah, I'd only recommend that if the transaction's large enough. Well, again, an escrow service, I mean, I'm sure escrow services... Uh, there's no advantage of doing that over an escrow. Just use a fucking escrow. Yeah, I know, but I'm just thinking of people who would be reluctant to use escrow.com, for instance. Yeah, but I mean, I used I transferred over forty thousand dollars into it, and I, I picked it up a few days later once I transferred the domain, and it just happened like magic, you know. Mm. Um, what? Um, what? Are you allowed to tell the people what domain it was? Or yeah, sure. No, no. I, yeah, I'm not. Didn't sign anything to the contrary. Accession.com. E x c e s s i o n. dot com. Accession being the name of the book by Ian Banks. I bought it when the book came out. It's one of my favourite books, and I just sat on it. I didn't sit on it for a reason. I just kept. It and I was going to do something with it and never did. I wonder if the guy bought it. He said he was going to develop some kind of software trading platform or some financial instrument platform. Um, as far as I'm aware, it's not up doing anything right now. Um, no, it's I did sell. wonder if he was buying it. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I w- did wonder if he was buying it for... Uh, sorry, it's not parked for sale. Uh, it, it says uh, it's parked free courtesy of GoDaddy. Oh, okay. I wouldn't imagine oh. you'd register a 40 grand domain with GoDaddy, no, and there's a, if you want to add it to cart, what does it say? Continue to cart. There's a £90 broker fee. Right, okay. I don't, I don't know. I did wonder, even at the time, if they were going to make a film of the book and he was doing it for that reason. Oh. And he said to me, well, if you want, I'll write a contract. So if we do do that, we'll cut you in with the profits. I said, no, I don't want to do that. I said, I trust you at your word. Um, and once I've sold the domain, it's yours to do as you wish. And if they would then make millions out of it because they do make a film, it's none of my business. I'm happy with the money I got for it. But the point being, they bought this domain and then fuck all with it. There's a story behind that. There's a guy, this was in the summer, early summer. And then probably about five, six years ago. And then earlier than that, in the February, I was approached by a guy who said, oh, we're going to sell this domain. Um, got someone who's slightly interested. Uh, it offered me 500 quid, thinking I was some kind of fucking wet behind the ears room. And I just laughed and laughed, laughed in his face. He got up to 2K and then went away. Came back after this guy paid me a load of money. I says, right, well, it's already gone. I'm sorry. Oh, who did he pay you? I said, none of your business. And he said, would you ask if he wants to sell it? I said, no. Who do you sell it to? I said, not telling you. What's to do with you? None of your business. He said, will you ask him if he wants to sell it? I said, yeah, go on. Then. All right, I will. And I asked this guy, and he says, do you want to sell it to this chap? He said, no. And I said, fine. That was it. You had one <laughs> <He> job. <laughs> he was doing it for his his own client. But yeah, I'm curious, going through their checkout, you, you pay the 90 quid for the broker fee, but it doesn't tell you how much the domain is or whether you're even guaranteed it. Very strange. Very strange. Curious. The domain, I've been very... I mean, I, the guy's on LinkedIn. I, I've, I could figure out, find out his name somewhere. I, I might even message him and say, what are you doing with this, man? It's just curiosity, you know? I don't care. <laughs> I just what do, do not care. What do you do with your 40 grand investment? I wonder Mate. if it's gone up. Oh, him, yeah. So I basically... Bought the Land Rover, did my, well, part of the Land Rover, did my gym out. I wonder whether it's gone up in value because it is like real estate, isn't it? Where, you know, domains tend to go up. Well, I guess if they made a film of the book, it would be worth a lot more because it would be for traffic purposes and things. Yeah, then it's tied to something. Yeah, but I just, I just don't know. I'm, I'm not even that curious, to be honest. It's none of my business. No, I'm not that curious. I'm just curious whether it had gone yeah, up yeah. in value. It's, it's, it's a minor curiosity to me. I mean, because it, it's all academic. It's not my domain anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it, I wasn't going to sell it. I knew, I knew it was worth more than two k. Was it worth more than the forty six thousand dollars I got for it? Don't know. Possibly. Well, 
it's the opportunity. He didn't resist the price. I, I could have gone higher, but once once I said, I think it was 30,000 sterling I said. So once I said that and he said, yes, I was on a bound to accept that, even though I thought, shit, I could ask for more, but that's not, yeah. the, not the way I do business. Well, Keep no, your word, just, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fucking say something's one price. They say yes. Oh, actually, it's just gone up. Well, you can, but I don't. I choose not to because that's not the kind of man I am. But anyway, the other way to get fucking get full payment every time is just fucking get paid up front. You twat. Get paid up front. Use an escrow service. There's no good reason why someone should refuse to use an escrow service. None. I mean, as long as you explain what it is, and that can be in your literature. Like I say, I think it's reasonable to assume anyone who refuses point blank to use an escrow service when they've been told what it is and seen all the guarantees and things and how they work, if they still refuse. I think it's reasonable to assume where they're planning on cheating me in some way. They want that option of cheating me, at least. Yeah, they they they, they want to wriggle free somehow. Yeah, they, they want to wriggle out of jail. They want to get out of jail free card, and that's not. They want to they want to catch you on a technicality. Yeah, possibly. Tosses, you know, tosses, fucking shit a lot of it. So, bang, bang, bang. That pretty much concludes the the recent run of podcast episodes on pricing. Of course, people can join us tonight for at 5.30 for the event, and I strongly suggest you, if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, you do that. If you're not, then the replay will, will be available and we'll put the link below after the fact in this podcast and also on the website, podcast website. Or just get on the email list. Pricing is one of the most important things we can ever do or get a handle on and, and really get to grips with. And I'll, and I'll keep banging on about it and I'm the, the one-trick pony, as Connor said. <laughs> but, uh, it's really fucking important. People's life, changes lives. It's the weirdly one of the most overlooked aspects of business it is because it's i think it's overlooked so much because it's uncomfortable yeah we, we spoke about this was it last yeah. episode or was it yesterday i think so yeah yeah just just money is dirty to some people and they the feel that it's almost like by asking for a lot of money it's like you're taking something away from someone without considering the value you're giving them and you don't get to choose what that value is you only choose what you deliver you don't get to choose how they value it and mm-hmm. I, I know you don't relate to this at all but um most people have deeply rooted self-esteem issues in some way or another and often people subconsciously well, i'm not worth that yeah I, I guess i don't suffer from that as you say well john as they say nothing's impossible <sighs> leads us nicely nicely to the woman hate <laughs> that was a lovely little transition it was very neatly segued. So the one minute hate is all about people who say nothing is impossible. People who say, yeah. Are you ready, Captain? Yeah, I'm ready, mate. Hey, hey Siri, one. start a timer for one minute. One minute, counting down. Right, people who say nothing is impossible. The moment you utter those fucking words, you bring out a paradox. Why? Because what if you want to be the person who wants to find something which is impossible? You've immediately failed. Because if you can find something which is impossible to do, then... There's something is impossible to do. If you can't find anything impossible to do, then you have also found something that's impossible to do. So the minute when you get these fucking stupid gurus saying, oh, nothing can be impossible, and it's bedfellow, you can be anything you want to be, same fucking paradox. It's stupid. It's fucking demonstrably incorrect. I've just destroyed it in about 15 fucking seconds. Stop saying it.
then stop believing it. It's not true. There are loads of things which are impossible. You can't find an even number greater than two. That's a prime number, for instance. Never, ever. You can't find the biggest prime number because there's an infinite number of them. Stop saying this fucking stupid shit because it just is not true. It's not true. It's not true. It never will be. It can't be. It's a fucking paradox, you morons. Time. 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 I don't even get a chance to say the people who say age is just hey, a Siri, number. Stop. Did I? No, you didn't. didn't even get to talk about people who say age is just a number. That's demonstrably not true. If that was the case, right, we would have <laughs> an arbitrary you slowed down number. and it's open for discussion now. <laughs> hey? Yeah. I love how you just slow down. Discussion we, time. We would, <laughs> we would have an arbitrarily large number of people who are arbitrarily old because it's just a number. But, you know, there are no 200 people year old, 200 year old people walking around. If age was just a number, we'd have loads of them. We'd have people just deciding to live for as long as they wanted to. Yeah. The fact is, if you get to more than 100, you're doing well. There probably aren't more than a, a few dead tens or scores of people over 110 in the world. There's probably nobody over 120 or, or very, very few. There is no one we're aware of who's over 130. It just doesn't happen. Well, if age was just a number, that would not be true. So, you know, please, for the love of all that's fucking holy, will you stop saying and listening to this shit that people come out with? Just engage your fucking critical thinking, people. Honestly. If you want to hear <laughs> If you want to hear more insights like that, definitely fucking come join us tonight. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, in the meantime, if you want to make more money with less work, less hassle and fewer headaches by working with better clients, charging higher fees and having them come to you in a moist and turgid pipeline, which is fed behind the scenes, hands off on an autopilot, then join us tonight at our free webinar, How to Charge Higher Prices Than Your Competitors. Go to growyourbusinessfast.co.uk forward slash free hyphen training and join us at 5.30. Alternatively, you can have the replay at some point, but that's a few days down the line. Or if you want our one-on-one help, then email Holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside, wash your hands. Please do not listen to fucking stupid paradox raising statements from gurus and do not shit on your fingers. Ta-ta. Ta-ta for now.